Hello and welcome back to the Pitchsider podcast for what is the last episode of season one and also our 20th episode. So next week we will be taking a week's holiday from this and we'll be back the weekend of the 30th and 31st at the end of July with our Premier League predictions. Joining me this week we have the return of Mr Toby. How are we? Good, mate. Had a nice little break. Uh, obviously, sad to miss the podcast, but always nice to be back. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, enjoying the beautiful British weather. It's I having know. a heat wave at the moment. I know it's going to be forty degrees for the next couple of days, so to prepare ourselves mentally and physically for that. Should we get on with some news? We've actually had some Premier League teams in action. Absolutely. Uh, so starting off with Chelsea, they've started their American tour with a game against Club America, which played last night and ended 2-1 to Chelsea. Mount scored a beautiful goal from the outs- from the edge of the box, ended up with the man of the match. Um, Chelsea also did seem to miss a few chances, um, but it is pre-season, so fingers crossed. Um, but it was nice to see some of the players that don't usually feature. Gallagher had a really good game as well. Um, yeah, I don't. You didn't. I'm guessing you didn't watch this game. I didn't watch this game, but yeah, it's uh, always fun to watch uh, Premier League teams and team really in Europe uh, play against teams that they wouldn't usually face. Although you know, if it was like a World Cup um, game, they might play them, but usually they don't. So it's nice to see these kind of these kind of fixtures. And you always have to take them a little bit pinch of salt. But yeah, always good to sort of have that sort of warm up before the Premier League season. Well, Manchester United have been a busy this week and they've played two games, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they played in Bangkok uh, <clears throat> against Liverpool, uh, which they won 4 0. It was quite an interesting game. Uh, I think. You know, we can start to see a little bit of how Ten Hag wants to operate with the club and how he wants to go forward. Um, obviously, we're bringing in another centre-back, so our formation might change to three at the back. But at the moment, we went for a 4-3-3, which was familiar under uh, Solskjaer. Um, both teams sort of played... Uh, well, United played two different teams in this game. Liverpool played three. So <clears throat> in that regard, you've got to sort of take it as a pinch of salt. None of them really had like a full run-out. But 4-0 victory for United is... It's very pleasing. It's always nice to to see this, even if it is just a, a preseason game. Um, I'm not going to get too carried away, but yeah, always nice to see. It's only time this season that you will get that scoreline. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe it's one of the new Premier League uh, priority teams. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I feel like a lot of people might get carried away uh, with this, uh, being United fans. Um, but yeah. There are definitely positives we can see. I think for the first 15 minutes or so, Liverpool were the better team, but United, the rest of the game were, were stronger. Uh, they took their chances better. Uh, it's nice to see Sancho had a good game. Uh, I know last year he didn't have a great game. Same with uh, Rashford, who played quite well. And also Martial, who came back from alone from Sevilla. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how well he sort of fits into the team for this season, if he's actually going to be like, you know, if he's going to stay at all, actually. Uh, or if he's just going to be back up. Um, but who knows? Yeah, interesting one. And uh, United also played against uh, Melbourne Victory, 
which is Nani's new team. Um, and United won 4-1. Pretty, how should I say, expected result. But yeah, it's always good for the, the players to have a little bit of a run round and prepare for the season. And uh, yeah. two, two games, four goals in each of them is not bad to see. No, I did see one of the goals in the second game was... I think it was a very good link-up play. It's one of Bruno's goals. It started with uh, Van der Beek winning the ball back um, in your half and then passing it to Sancho. And, oh, sorry, Rashford, sorry. And then passing to Bruno with that through ball and back to Rashford. It looked a really good link-up play. And be good if you can replicate that throughout the season. Mm, absolutely. Well, if we could win 4-0, 4-1 every game, that'd be quite happy in my books. Um, but yeah, it's been positive watching Ten Hag and how he's sort of um, taken to this job. He's one of the, you know, for the, the past couple of managers, we've had not really managers who've been on the training ground and you know dictated how we play and in day to day goings. But Ten Hag likes to be on the the training ground and watching the players and giving them advice. So in that regard, it's it's, it's really refreshing to see, and uh, yeah. I'm quite positive for the season. I'm not going to say we're going to win it, but yeah. I'm not going to get predictions quite yet, but yeah. Yeah, it's um, also Liverpool beat Crystal Palace 2-0 and I believe Tottenham have been in action. So they played the all-star Korean team, beating them 6-3. Kane got a hat-trick in that game. Yeah, it was the the K-League all-stars 6-3. I mean, you kind of expect that kind of result um, because that sort of level opposition... Um, and they also played against Sevilla and won one all. No, sorry, won one all. They drew one all. Uh, Kane and Rakitic both scored. But yeah, a busy window for Spurs so far. So it'd be interesting to see how well they can sort of embed their players for the upcoming season. I haven't seen any other uh, big games that are going on in pre-season, but I guess a lot of teams are getting underway with their pre-season game so it'd be interesting to see which players will stay in the squad especially probably a pop talking point at the moment is some of the Chelsea youth guys uh, Brozier and Colwell which we'll probably get on to in a bit but yeah it'd be interesting to see whether the managers want to keep certain players or whether there'd be a flurry of exits as we draw closer to the start of the window. Mm, Absolutely City haven't started their campaign yet but I know they got Bayern Munich coming up uh, I think somewhere in America, so that might be a good one to watch. Uh, although it'd be like one o'clock in our time, but yeah, it'd be interesting to watch, nevertheless. Should we move on to confirmed transfers? Let's do it. There's been a few. Yes. So let's start off with my favourite club, Chelsea, and um, they've actually kicked off their transfers with the acquisition of two players. Yeah, start off with Raheem Sterling. Um, again, this was the worst kept secret. Everyone <laughs> knew he was going to move to Chelsea and what his contract was. And yeah, it was finalised the uh, beginning of, I think, Tuesday, Wednesday this week. Yeah, about that. Yeah, it's a quite sensible signing in quite a few ways. He's uh, definitely Premier League proven. He's been here playing in the Premier League for feels like a century now. And he's still only 27 years old. One year left on his contract. So £50 million or thereabouts is quite a good deal for, for both teams, I believe, especially City. Um, and I think that, you know, although that he tends to play better with a, you know, an out-and-out striker alongside him, 
he's not really had an opportunity to show otherwise with someone who plays maybe a little bit deeper, a little bit, you know, slightly unconventional up top, which will be habits this year, I imagine. Um, but yeah, very good signing from, from Chelsea. Uh, be very interesting to see how well he does. If Chelsea will change their formation this year from three at the back, um, if he will play sort of one of those inside 10 roles or, or more of a conventional winger role. But yeah, good signing in, in quite a few regards. Definitely. And um, a transfer that's been a talking point, I think, for much Chelsea fans. But if you don't follow Chelsea very closely, I guess it's probably come out of nowhere. Uh, this Koulibaly deal. He was sort of, he was sort of a player that we didn't, we were interested in, but never really did anything about. And then all of a sudden, within this week, we've put in a bid and signed him. Mm. Well, it's no secret that Chelsea do need centre backs, and it seemed in the last couple of weeks they've been sort of looking around, sort of putting their fingers into many pies, and it looks like they they pulled out Akuda Bali, which is not too bad to be honest. Yeah, he only had a year left on his contract, similar to Sterling. Um, but he's a phenomenal uh, defender. I think he really enjoyed his time in Napoli. Uh, and I think that he wouldn't have been upset if he stayed there. Uh, he's been there for, I think, eight years now, a mainstay in, in Syria. And he's also the Senegalese captain, so he'll probably link well with Mendy. Um, but yeah, very good price. Very capable defender. He signed for, I think, three or four years. Four uh, years with an option to extend. Yeah, so at 31 years old, that might be the only... Um, question mark but in terms of his ability and I think that you know he was sort of straight back straight into the team and um yeah phenomenal signing I feel like United should have gone from a long time ago but I think you know three seasons ago not even that he was worth probably about 70 80 million I know we played that on Maguire but you know um yeah so yeah good good signing for Chelsea and yeah it'd be uh exciting to see how well he does in the, in the Premier League this season I'm sure it'll be a good acquisition for the club. Let's move on to Barcelona's transfers. They've been a busy club this week as well. Um, the sign-in of Rafinha, stole this one from Chelsea, but it was always his desired club, which we've talked about on this podcast before. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, for any Brazilian, Barcelona is like heaven because uh, it's sort of so well held in regard back in Brazil. Uh, due to like you know the past Brazilians who played there, um, so yeah, it's it's a fantastic signing um, for Barcelona. He was you know linked to Arsenal for a little bit and then Chelsea, but he's always wanted to go to to Barcelona. Um, it's just sort of a matter of whether they could pay the the fee and give the guarantee to Leeds that they'll actually pay it, uh, not in installments but rather all up front, which uh, it seems like they've been able to do. Uh, he's a tricky winger. We've all seen him in the Premier League. Um, this season and season prior. Um, so yeah, I think he'll do really well in uh, in Barcelona. Um, it'd be interesting to see how well, you know, Xavi implements all these new signings that he's bringing in. I know he's got, we'll probably talk about this in a second, but Lewandowski coming in and uh, a few other players. So it'd be interesting to see how well he juggles that. But in terms of Rafinha, it's a great move <clears throat> leading up to the World Cup. Uh, he wants to sort of solidify his place since the starting eleven. So in that regard, uh, it's, it makes a lot of sense for him. Yeah, um, and also, yeah, as you mentioned, Lemondowski is on the verge. I don't think it's officially official yet, but Fabrizio Romani has done his official. It's going, here we go, to Lemondowski going to Barcelona. 
Yeah. Well, this was this is one that again was a worst kept secret in football. Yeah, he sort of severed his ties with uh, Bayern Munich um, like six months ago now, uh, when he said that he didn't want to play for the club anymore. You know, he's been a, at Bayern Munich for eight years. Uh, he's had a fantastic career in the Bundesliga, also for Dortmund. Uh, he's a clinical striker, um, arguably, you know, the best striker alongside maybe Benzema in the last five, ten, five, ten years ish. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I think maybe he just wanted to have a little bit of a swan song. Uh, apparently Bayern Munich weren't going to offer him the, the contract he wanted. He wanted to sign like a three or four year contract, which uh, Barca he's done. I think it might be three years plus an option for an extra one. So by the time he by the time he's finished his contract, he'll be about 38 years old. So it's a bit of a gamble by Barcelona. I'm sure it'll be a big wages. But in terms of Landowski, he's, he's proved like, he's got nothing else to prove, to be honest, um, particularly in the Bundesliga uh, and in Europe. He can go there. Enjoy. I'm sure he's got many years left in his career. We're seeing like players nowadays sort of go older and older before they retire, and I'm sure he'll make a real impact there. Uh, it'd be fun to watch it as well, and the new Barcelona sort of star. How well they do. Yeah. the The only thing that concerns me is they're bringing in a lot of these players, and whether there's only really three spots that are available, and the players they've got and the players they're bringing in would be starting the first team in a lot of teams. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, Lewandowski would definitely be a starter and you've got to think Rafinha will be due to his price tag. So it sort of leaves up that right winger spot or left winger spot, depends how they want to set up their team. Uh, I know Dembele, Usman Dembele, um, who was a free agent for about a month, well, maybe less than that, signed a new contract, uh, I believe on reduced wages, to stay at Barcelona for another additional two years. Um not sure if he'll be a starter or, or who else will be there, but I feel like it is an, uh, a good problem to have, having too many players, perhaps yeah. not for Barcelona's uh, wage wage structure, but for Xavi, yeah, definitely is a good problem to have. Yeah, and don't don't forget, you've also still got the likes of Aubameyang, Depay, all these sort of players mm, that's true. sitting there as well. And he, these players want first team, especially coming up to this World Cup. So they don't want to be sitting on a bench. You'll imagine some of them will have to leave. I think Depay might be at the top of the list um, of, of people to exit. Aubameyang had a great season in, in Europe, so maybe they want to hold on to him for a little bit longer. But I think like Depay uh, might be on the transfer market. Um, should we bring it back to the Premier League quickly and talk about another club that's stepped up a gear, Man United? Yeah, absolutely. So with United, it always takes a bit of time to get transfers over the line. Um, but one of them they brought in was Christian Eriksen, which makes a lot of sense. He is 30 years old, but you know he's still got a huge quality after his, his terrible um, cardiological sort of injury uh, during the Euros that he experienced. Uh, we saw that at Brentford uh, when they signed him uh, in the latter half of the season. They were so much better. And I think without him, they would have gone straight down. Um, so yeah, he brings a lot of quality. He'll bring depth uh, to uh, Bruno Fernandes, who had a big burnout at the end of last season. Uh, he could also play a little bit deeper and more of a central midfield role. I know at Inter Milan he played even defensive midfield. I don't expect to see that at United, but you know the depth that he does bring will be very um, will be great for the club. Uh, he's a, a great professional, um, and yeah, 
it's good to see him back in the Premier League playing for a, a good club as well because he's definitely got the ability to do so. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether he still has that ability because he should show it at Brentford. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether he still has it or not. So you've also very probably when this podcast is released, you probably would have announced him. Um, Martinez from Ajax. Yeah, Lissandro Martinez. It's been signed from Ajax uh, for a fee in the region of about 50 five million euros which is a hell of a lot of money uh especially since you know considering that i exported for about seven million euros so it's a good profit for them they didn't want to let him go um unless it was the right amount arsenal were linked to him quite heavily i feel like arsenal wanted to play a left back but uh ten hogs given the assurances that he'll play center back he could also play defensive midfielder so he's very versatile uh the only sticking point maybe is height he's he is about five foot seven five for eight depending on which site you look at to see the stats um but he's incredibly capable i had a great year last year uh particularly well actually in all departments but defensively they were phenomenal uh he was a, a mainstay in the defense for the team um 24 years old he's one who will stay at united hopefully for quite a while yeah in a lot of regards i i, I think this is a good signing it's probably a little bit steep uh but you know with that price you kind of expect United to sort of play that um, out of all clubs. We are sort of desperate to, to bring in a, a player. It's just in general, really. Um, and he's left-footed, so that's you know a nice little edge. Maybe we'll move Maguire over to the right side. Um, he's sort of been playing sort of a more left-back, uh, left-centre-back position uh, in the last few years. And yeah, if, if we do go to three at the back, yeah, he'll be a good asset for us. Um, you know, Maguire through the middle and then Brian on the right, perhaps. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how well he does in the Premier League and for United. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. And yeah, signing this player does look like I've got a feeling you will go to a back three, especially with Varane and Maguire. Maguire confirmed as your captain as well. He's going to be, looks like he's going to be starting. Martinez coming in and yeah, it looks like you're going to have three solid centre-backs. Yeah, very happy with that. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think he's a little bit late to, or it was a little bit late to join the, the tour in Bangkok, but we do play against Atletico Madrid in Oslo uh, in the upcoming days. So hopefully he'll be um, you know, registered and uh, able to fly and play in, in that game. Well, yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether he does because, Chelsea's signings didn't start in their preseason game, especially Sterling. He's been training with the squad. He wasn't even named to start. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit so, late on for some of these players. So but yeah, they'll, they'll have a lot of opportunities before the you know the start of the Premier League to to gel with the players, and even if it's just training at the training ground, it's still still a chance to bond and you know uh, understand each other's um, capabilities. Definitely. Um, let's move on to. Arsenal, they have looked to nearly have signed Chintenko from Man City. Yeah, Zinchenko is, is pretty much guaranteed to go to City. They've agreed a £30 million pound price point, which um, it's not a bad fee, to be honest. He's obviously very versatile. He's mainly a left-back for City, but he can also play uh, central midfield. He plays more attacking role for Ukraine. Um Arsenal do need a left back after uh, Tierney got injured um, last season. So he does bring in a lot of backup. 
in that in that regard. Um, so yeah, thirty million for a player who can play multiple positions and is rather good, and in all of them is is a good good price for them. Um, and it'd be good to see him continue his career in the Premier League because you know if Arsenal weren't going to you know pay that that money, I don't know if don't know where he would go because City are very highly linked to Cucurella of Brighton. So it looks like uh, with this with this um, signing to Arsenal, it looks like they can finance that deal for Cucurella. Yes, a busy club also in the Premier League has been Brentford, signed two players. So they have signed the goalkeeper of Thomas Strakosha. Um from for a free agent from Lazio. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been linked to many a club um the past, you know, couple of months really since he's been released. Um or said he was going to, to leave Lazio. Um I'm not sure if he'll be a starter. At, at Brentford, it's quite possible he will be because he is quite you know highly regarded. Um, he, he plays for Albania. He's got nineteen caps for them. Uh, he's been in Italy for most of his career um, ever since he was a youngster. Um, yeah, so he's got a lot of experience in Serie A and it's in the top league. So it'd be good to see how well he does in the Premier League for Brentford. And it's a smart signing for them as well. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a smart signing player that's got a lot a bit more experience as well especially first first tier football which is always a benefit absolutely and they've also signed keen lewis potter yeah this guy came from hull he's a uh, a young sort of attacker very highly rated um in the championship uh, i'm not sure the fee i think they paid around like 17 million quite a lot of money uh for a championship player um, but he's only 21 years old. He's got a lot of experience. Uh, he's played for quite a few years uh, for Hull. Um, and also, I think that he's played yeah, mainly for Hull, actually. But yeah, he's got a few goals in the Championship and in a League One for Hull. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how well he sort of steps up to the Premier League. Definitely one for the future um, and sort of fits in with Brentford's sort of signing policy of going for for younger players. I know they've signed Strakosh, who's he's not exactly young, but generally they've got a, a sort of a young uh, approach to, to their signings. So yeah, in that regard, it's quite quite interesting one. Yeah. Um, let's do sort of a mini roundup of the rest of the players. So we've got Wayne Hennessy to Nottingham Forest. Looks like he's going to be a backup here. Yeah, absolutely. Released by uh, Burnley at the end of the season. Vastly experienced keeper. It's got, I think, I don't know, 100 caps for Wales or something like that, or thereabouts. So, yeah, it's a, a good signing as a backup. Definitely. Meza Erzul has moved to Istanbul. Uh, Besheksir. So, essentially, uh, Fenerbahce, he fell out with the owner and the management, um, and he hadn't played for five, six months um, due to that. Uh, and now he's going to go to Istanbul, Besheksir, which is... Erdogan's, who is the the leader of uh, Turkey, this is sort of own sort of club, and they're sort of quite chummy. Uh, he's not really a nice person, Erdogan. But anyway, uh, he, he's going there. Um, a lot of people expect him to go there when he first moved to Turkey, but now he went to Fenerbahce, which was this sort of um, boyhood club. Uh, so yeah, he he didn't have a phenomenal impact in Turkey. In thirty one games, he got seven goals, three assists, which is okay. I feel like he's definitely winding down his career. Um, he's 33 now, so yeah, don't expect too much out of this one. Um, 
Payo has gone to Boca Juniors from Middlesbrough. Yeah, Payero. I don't know anything about him. I just I just looked him up on transfer market. So he was bought by Middlesbrough for about six million from Banfield. Banfield was a team in Argentina which cultivated the likes of Hamas Rodriguez. It looks like it's a loan deal to Boca Juniors, but it could have a potential to have a sell on at the end of it. Um, I don't know. He had played twelve games for Middlesbrough, so yeah, I don't think he's one for the future necessarily, or one to watch out for. Sorry, Piero. Um, the Irish legend Shane Long has moved to Reading as a free agent after he was be- he was released from Southampton. Yep, Shane Long returns to Reading, I believe, um, seventeen years after he first signed for the club. This is the first English team he signed for after leaving Cork City uh, in back in two thousand and five, and he stayed at Reading for six years. Um, and then you know he had I wouldn't say a fantastic Premier League career, but he he had a a long Premier League career, a uh, very serviceable striker, not necessarily known for scoring, but he had other qualities. Let's just say that uh, he've had a lot of caps for Ireland as well. So he's sort of returning to a place he's very familiar with and. Um, He's definitely in the swan song of his, his career of 35 years old. So, yeah. Nathan Collins to Wolves. Um, I believe this has broken the Irish transfer record for yeah, an absolutely. Irish player. Yeah. Nathan Collins was um, signed for Burnley last year. He, he was actually quite a good signing for Burnley. I know they went down, but he's he was only like 20 years old. He's only 21 years old now. Um, and he looked very solid in, in the games that he did play. Um, so for Burnley, it's a good good fee. Um, they sort of doubled their what they they spent on him, um, and he's definitely one for the future. Wolves particularly need strengthening in a lot of departments. They didn't look great last year, um, and this one, although it's not cheap, it makes a lot of sense because they need they need younger players to who have that sort of desire and that they can sort of embed in the team and sort of you know, for the future, um, make their team based around. So, yeah, good for him, good for Wolves, and good for Burnley. Uh, the next transfer is Calvin Bassey to Ajax from Rangers. My boy, Calvin Bassey. I gave him the Young Player of the Year award during the um, uh, season review. What was it? Season, season pitch, cider, pitch Cider Awards ceremony, whatever you want to call it whatever we called it, I guess. Um, yeah, I thought it was phenomenal. I know it was the uh, Europa League and all that, and, you know, it's not top division, but, yeah, he's f- he's a fantastic player. Uh, his signing is for about 24 uh, million euros with a 10% sell-on uh, clause, which is a very good deal for Rangers. Um, I think he's a fantastic player, Calvin Bass. He's, he's primarily a left-back, uh, but he can also play at left-centre-back. Um, incredibly... Uh, physical, quick, um, and the the sort of progression that he we experienced of him whilst at Rangers is absolutely phenomenal. In the not even two seasons, like one and a half seasons that he was there, he improved so much. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a shame he plays for Nigeria. I mean, he could have played for England, but. Uh, it is what it is, I guess. Um, yeah, all the best to him. It'd be interesting to watch him in, uh, in the Champions League next year. Definitely. The next one is great servant to Tottenham, Toby Alderweireld. He has returned to his native Belgium, going to Royal Antwerp. 
Antwerp, yeah, Outer Worlds. Uh, yeah, returned to other uh, um, Royal Antwerp. Uh, returned. Uh, he's returned to Belgium to play for Royal Antwerp. Um, he never played a professional game in Belgium, to be fair. Um, but he had a fantastic career for Spurs. Uh, he signed for, well, initially Southampton on loan from Atletico Madrid and then um, Atletico Madrid sold him to Spurs. He was there for about six years or so. Uh, we all know his qualities. Him with alongside Batongan, the Belgium duo in defence for Spurs was was a mainstay and two of the probably the the best centre-backs uh, maybe for a couple of years in the Premier League. Um, and then he had a, a year at Al Duhel, which is in Qatar, basically bringing the bag. <laughs> um, but now he's back in his homeland. So yeah, all the best for him. I'm not sure he's still in the, the Belgium squad. I think he retired from that, but he is, I think, 33 years old now. So yeah, Roy Antwerp actually are not a bad team. Um, They're in uh, Europe not too long ago. So it'd be interesting to see how well they do this year. Yeah, especially with a decent sense back as well. And the final confirmed transfer for this week is Hugo Enetia. How do you say his name? Etiquite. Etiquite. But you've got to say it in a very French way. Hugo Etiquite. To Paris Saint-Germain. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's at René. Uh, 10 goals in his uh, debut season in Ligue 1. He's signed for, to PSG. On a on a loan deal with an obligation to buy for about thirty five million euros, <clears throat> he was heavily linked to to Newcastle earlier in the the window. But yeah, he's gone to PSG. Good signing for them. So investing in the youth of of France. So yeah, interesting to see what he does in the league. It'd be good to see how he does, especially at that PSG squad with the attacking force they have. I've got a few more confirmed uh, signings. Yeah, go on. If you want to hear them. Uh, Arturo Vidal has gone to Flamengo, released by uh, Inter Milan, uh, mutually sort of released. He's had an absolutely phenomenal career. If there's any player, okay, well, I was going to say, if there's any player's career I want to replicate, it will be his, <clears throat> just due to his, like, the many clubs he's been played for. He's played for Leverkusen, Juventus, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, and Inter Milan. Uh, and I think his childhood club was Flamengo. So for him, it's sort of you know, going back to where he wants to play. He is 35 years old, so yeah, <clears throat> don't expect too much. Flamengo is like the, uh, let me think of a European equivalent. I don't think there is one. Basically, Flamengo signed all the old play- players uh, who were once high profiled, you know, David Luiz, Felipe Luiz, Diego, all those kind of players. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be good for him to, you know, go back to South America uh, where he before for Colo Colo in Chile. Another interesting signing is Bernadeschi, who's gone to Toronto. He follows Insigne to, to Canada. Um, Bernadeschi is, if you, if you don't know him, well, I'm sure you do, he's an Italian sort of winger slash attacking midfielder. He played for Juventus for a couple of years, I think five years. He signed for them in 2017 for, I think it was about 30 million euros. Um, he, yeah, he's, he sort of fell out of favour. He was never really a starter, but uh, yeah, very interesting to see how well Toronto do this year with with the two Italians, Insigne and Bernadeschi. Um, formidable strike force, to be honest, for the MLS level. Uh, another one I want to mention is Brilin Bolo. Uh, he's signed for uh, Monaco. He's an interesting player in Bolo. He's, he broke his leg, I think it was like two, three seasons ago. 
and basically ruled him out for a whole year. Uh, but he's bounced back. Uh, he played for Schalke. I think is he a Schalke or a Gladbach? Maybe. Uh, I think it might be Gladbach where he broke his leg. Um, but yeah, he's he's at Monaco now, and he he offers a really good uh, alternative option to to Volland up up top. Um, he's got quite a good, decent record in the Bundesliga in terms of scoring and getting assists. And uh, finally, the, the the last player I want to mention is quite an interesting one as well is Cancel Mbemba, who's a new signing for Olympic uh, Marseille. Mbemba, if you remember back to twenty fifteen or so. He was a player for Newcastle. He plays for DR Congo. Um, <clears throat> and it's interesting because he was at Porto uh, for four years and sold to Marseille. But it's been announced or been leaked now that uh, he claims to be 27 years old, but he's actually 32. And that's been sort of announced sort of with his sort of documents that's been shown uh, when he first signed for, for Anderlecht when he moved to Europe. So I'm not sure how that's going to impact his signing or at all, but he's a he's a quite a, a decent centre-back slash sort of right-back, no matter his age. But it'd be interesting to see if they actually do confirm if he's you know, in his 30s or if he's actually 27, because that could be, you know, could be quite a, a, an interesting story there. If, if I remember, he used to be quite quick as well for a centre-back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's quite versatile. But yeah, he was good for Porto. He won the league twice for them. Should we move on to some rumours? Let's do it. Yes, start with Chelsea. Um, especially the defence, because this is still a big talking point on a lot of, lot of social medias. Uh, especially with some of the youth that we have. We've got a player called Levi Colwell. So he has returned from Huddersfield after having an amazing season. Probably most people will probably know him for his own goal in the playoff final. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's a decent centre-back. Really good. Got good potential. Um, could potentially be England's number one once he gets to age. But yeah, Chelsea signing these different centre-backs, especially to throw two names in the hat, is Kimbembe from PSG. And yeah, so they've gone. So Chelsea have gone back for Jules Kunde to because they want to try and sign three centre backs this year. Um, if they don't sign three centre backs, if they only sign two, Cole will will stay. If not, it looks like he will be either loaned out or more potentially sold, which mm. would be a big loss for Chelsea. And many Chelsea fans want to see him play, including myself. Yeah, just to touch on Colwell, he. You know, as you said, he was part of the the Huddersfield team that reached the playoff final. It's a team that nobody really expected to get that far um, in the season, um, and he was a mainstay. Uh, it's a bit unfortunate about that, you know, the, the their own goal, but it is what it is. And I think you know, there's nothing he could have done in that situation. I think for Chelsea, you know, the days are long gone since you know Lampard came in with that transfer ban when they started playing youth. I don't know if they you know trust them nowadays or whatever because it seems like they're gonna just you know invest invest and cast off the the youngsters uh it's rumored that he might go to southampton <clears throat> and if he gets game time there that's all, all all for the best i guess yeah it's um i don't think the time of lampard and these youth players coming up have gone because we did see we have seen trevor chalaber break through 
um, last season. So, and we're going to see Conor Gallagher in the squad, which has been confirmed by Tuchel. He's going to stay. He's not going to be loaned out to Everton, where he was linked. I think there is potential for these players to come through, but yeah, especially in Colwell's situation, if we're going to sign three centre-backs, he's probably going to be a bit fifth or sixth choice. So I can understand where his desire to leave the club is. Mm. Should be more players that should leave. Uh, probably Melangsar. He had a really poor season. and he... Yeah, it'd be hard to shift him on his wages. He's on 100k a week. Yeah, Colwell would be the perfect player to come in and replace his point in the squad. But, yeah, only time mm. will tell. He is here with the squad in America training and probably will feature in a couple of the preseason friendlies. So it'd be interesting. And at the moment, like I said, we have only signed one centre-back. That's true. So, it looks like the, the move for Ake has sort of gone off the boil a little bit. Uh, I don't think you'll sign Ake and Kimpembe. They're both left-sided centre-backs or left-sided centre-backs. So that doesn't really much make much sense. Kimpembe is... Well, he's he's got a lot of trophies and a lot of accolades. He's won the you know the World Cup and he's been at PSG f- for his whole career. So he's you know won six or seven league titles. Um, I've always had a little bit of question mark about his his abilities on the bigger stage. I feel like he's got uh, the error an error in him. Kunde is <laughs> I, I can't really say he's small because United just signed a five foot seven centre back, but he's not the biggest centre back. Not that. It'll matter too much, you know, Koulibaly and next to him. You've also had San, um, Thiago Silva, who's only six foot. So I don't think it matters too much, uh, particularly in, you know, how players, uh, how teams sort of play nowadays. Um, but out of the two of them, I'd be interested to see who they get and if they, you know, if they get both of them. Um, it seems, I don't know, maybe I'll ask you this, but it looks like Tuchel is going to stick with the three at the back. Do you think that's true? I don't actually think it's true. I think we're going to go to a four-three-three. That is okay. my that is my opinion. Um, my I believe it probably will be Thiago Silva and Koulibaly, which will be our two centre backs with Jewel and James, and then midfield three of Kante, Mount, probably Kovacic with Gallagher thrown in there in the mix, and then mm. a front three of Pulisic, Havertz, and Sterling. You really think Pulisic will start for Chelsea? Yeah, I think I think after I think he will be, especially going down that left side. I think he will be one of the. It it's going to be interesting. We might go. We might stay with five at the back, but yeah, the game we played, we played a four four two. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit deceiving preseason. I think maybe some managers don't really give away no. how they're going to play in the season. No, I think uh, also, it's... Also, yeah. Also, it's sort of um, dependent on if, who they get in in terms of signings. Um, if they, you know, bring in the, a particular sign they want to bring in for a manager, then maybe he will change the formation to suit that um, that player or that signing. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll have to see on that one. And should we also one thing to mention of Chelsea is Brozier. West Ham have put in a £30 million bid, which I believe has been rejected from Chelsea. Um, Tuchel said he is part of the plans at the moment, but attended on transfers and what happens, he could potentially be loaned out. And he has he has stated he still is a Chelsea player, but this is something you would say, even if you are looking at selling them. 
yeah, uh, David Moyes has like a a man crush on Brozier. It seems he he's you know he wants to sort of break the bank for him. West Ham for a long time have needed a striker um, who can sort of supplement um, what Antonio brings to the team. So I think Brozier would be a good signing. He played for Southampton. He wasn't phenomenal, but you know, as his first season in in the Premier League, he was very good. Um, so in in that regard, it, it makes sense. And sort of can sort of, I know in Southampton they sort of didn't really build a team around him because it was only there for a year. But if West Ham brought him in, then they could definitely do that to high regard. Also, a name that's sort of been chucked around a lot is Charles de Ketelier, um, the the Belgian striker for Club Rouge. Um, he's been linked to Leeds and, and Leicester and I think West Ham to a degree. Um, he's been very highly rated um, at, at the moment. Uh, I think the, the main club that he wants to go to is, is AC Milan. Um, the fee around 35 million euros has been thrown around. So if Milan can match that, he will go there. But if not, it looks like very likely he'll go to the Premier League. Um, it's just dependent on who, who's going to spend that money. Leeds, I think, are the front runners, but maybe maybe West Ham, if they don't get Brozier, be a little bit more interested in, in this signing. Should we move on to Bayern Munich and their problem to probably replace Lewandowski now? Um, there's a lot of rumours with Lincoln Ronaldo to their squad. I don't know what you think of this as a United fan. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I, I, I honestly believe that Bayern Munich will not strengthen um, in the attack. Uh, or if they do, it won't be like a high-profile player. I think they're going to play similar to what Liverpool played over the last couple of years, of, or, or more recently, I'd rather, um, of not really having an out-and-out striker, maybe a force nine, you know, how they had Mane as the centre-forward uh, role. I think they might replicate that at Bayern Munich. I think with, with Ronaldo, it's an interesting case. You know, he's got the supposedly family issues. I'm not going to say that's not true, because, you know, it very well might be. He, he did lose a child a couple of, well, not that long ago. Um, so yeah, he he hasn't joined up the United squad. Um, Ten Hag is is sort of been uh, had a poker face on this one in, in in his responses to the media and saying that he's part of his plans. I feel like no club really wants to to buy him because they would have to buy him. His his agent has really has been putting out feeders to clubs and sort of gauging the market. It really doesn't make a lot of sense for a lot of clubs, particularly buying who, you know, have lost a 33-year-old who's gone on 34 and, you know, replaced him with a 37-year-old who's gone on 38. So, yeah, it, I, I think around it will stay. That's what I think. Yeah, and he, it looks like he's re- there was an unknown Saudi team in the week that put in a bid mm. for, I think it's about £25 million for him for United and it offered him with about £2 million wages per week, which is just mind-blowing numbers yeah it's it astronomical fee i'm not we're not sure what like the um you know how authentic this this offer was or if it was something just you know brought about by the media or whatever but yeah it's an interesting one i don't think you know in his career that he would ever move to, to saudi arabia I, I hope not um because yeah it's not it would never be for footballing reasons that's for sure no no definitely not um should we move to the mls quickly and talk about Wayne Rooney he is starting to link to certain players as he tries to rebuild this DC United squad yep 
Uh, so the biggest player that's probably been linked to him so far is Jesse Lingard. Um, I believe he was out in America oh. looking at different clubs to move to MLS. But yeah, apparently Rooney wants him at DC United. Don't know what your thoughts on this are. Yeah, just to touch on DC at the moment and, you know, Rooney, it's a very interesting move for him. I think that, you know, it makes a lot of sense in a lot of regards because he, he's familiar with the, the location and, you know, some of the team as well and the management um, structure. Um, yeah, so in that regard, it's, it's a, a good move. He's still, you know, young in his managerial career, so he's still got time to learn and progress. It's a difficult league, though, uh, with the wage structure they have and um, how they've only really got three designated players, which basically means they can spend over the wage limit. They've got a very strict wage limit in the MLS. Well, the thing with DC United, they've got one designated player at the moment, so you can afford to get two more, which basically means he could sort of find two um, higher-profile players. Lingard would come in possibly as a DP. Well, he would. If he came in, he could be a DP player, which means he could have, they can afford to play him wherever, in theory, wherever they want. Um, with, with Lingard in particular, I think the the boat for West Ham has sailed. Um, you know, he had the opportunity midway through last season. United are a little bit stubborn on that, and maybe, maybe he was a little. He didn't push as much as he could have. Who knows in that regard? But yeah, if I think like he's he's quite comfortable with the idea of moving to the MLS. It sort of suits his um, how do I say his his lifestyle. Uh, he's you know always on social media and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, he's still got a lot of qualities to give. If if Rooney does want to sign him, I do think it's a good move for, for the MLS if, he, if he's going there, not just, you know, for a little like, retirement period, but actually to contribute, because it is a tough league in terms of physicality and all that, and he, he can definitely make an impact with his quality, but he'll have to try and uh, put in the effort. Yeah, he's uh, Rooney, it's good for Rooney because he's gone to, he's not sat around waiting for one of these Premier League clubs, he's gone and actually mm. found, he's got another job almost straight away from after he got he decided to leave Derby. Yeah. So this is it's good for him, especially at his point in his career, he needs experience and games and to have a season out, it's probably big for him to miss that. So having a couple of seasons in the in the MLS is only gonna do him the world of good. Mm. It was a little bit of a shock though to go to DC. Yeah, he could have moved to another championship level team but you know the quality that you know that's available maybe wouldn't have elevated his his reputation. Not saying DC is doing that, but it offers him the ability to learn and um, it progress. Uh, DC are pretty shit at the moment. They lost seven nil recently, which was the worst defeat in MLS history. <clears throat> uh, historically, they were one of the best teams in the start of the Premier League era back in the mid nineties. So um, yeah, he's he's got a. Uh, a responsibility almost to to pick up the the quality of, of you know games and hopefully bring them back to the level where they, they once were but he has also been linked to another united player i don't know if you have seen this um he's linked to phil jones no i haven't seen that go, go for it phil jones you're not going to get any game time <laughs> at united uh if you want to drop down to the championship which is probably the only place that you could probably get a club to sign him um, but yeah, if he wants to go to live in DC, then go for it. And uh, Dybala, um, I think this is another one of these he's flirting around with. Is it, I think it's Inter 
he's linked to mainly. Um, but mm, it's, Mourinho, it's as well. yeah, Mourinho's Romo, been talking about him as well. So I think Roma, you can throw in the mix. Roma look to be building Karen on their success and hopefully challenging both the Milan clubs as well, especially if they get Dybala. Yeah, I think it's been reported that he's the most likely team to join at the moment. Um, into you know, bringing back Lukaku, I don't really think he fits into their, their team. Um, all their sort of wage structure, he'll be on, I think, around six or seven million euros a year, which is not a small amount, uh, particularly for his, you know, the player he is. He's sort of a luxury player, not really one that, you know, you can afford many of that sort of style of player. Um, but yeah, for, for Roma, it'd be a good signing. Um, if he can stay fit, he can really contribute because he's got good talents um, and abilities. But I just feel like many teams nowadays don't really suit that style of play. He's not really like, he's, he's sort of a 10, but sort of a second striker, sort of a weird um, like know, mis, misnomer of uh, position that, yeah. But, but yeah, if they can sort of implement him and build a team around him, then it'd be good, good for him and good for the club. Yeah. So that pretty much wraps up this season of this podcast. Uh, we will, as I mentioned at the beginning, we'll be taking a week off from next week and we will be back. I think the first podcast will be released on the 1st of August. Uh, it will be our second season, but I don't think well, much will change between each season. But yeah, it'd be nice to get back to normal Premier League, have a few games to talk about. And we'll be mm. back with our Premier League predictions, potentially with a special guest. Absolutely. And what we'll do, we'll have a look at um, the women's Euros as well. So as a whole, I'm not sure if it'll be finished by then, but we'll have a sort of clear idea of, of how the tournament's progressed. So yeah, look out for that as well. Definitely. Um, and thank you for listening um, and joining us. For why we're off air, please follow us on our socials on Instagram and Twitter, and these will be the best place to keep up with all the ongoing transfers. And yeah, and as always, check out the pitchsider.com. Hopefully, there will be some new articles up there soon for you. Uh, thank you for joining me, Toby. Nice to have Cheers, you back man. on the pod. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening, and have a good couple of weeks, and we will see you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.